Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this episode of Texas Sports Nation, Texans edition. I'm Brooks Cabina here joined by Jonathan Alexander. Both of us on the Texans beat a busy time on the trade deadline, even though it did not result in any moves by the Texans. Their leading receiver from the last couple of years, Brandon Cooks, was at the focus of conversation. He has been a different type of receiver this year, but uh, in the weeks leading up to the deadline, there were rumors cast wide and far about whether he would remain on the team. To our reporting up until the deadline, there were many chances the Texans were trying to trade, but in the end, his guaranteed contract, the $18 million due next year, prevented a lot of the moves from being made, saw a lot of names from other reports, the Rams, the Cowboys, others that said that that guaranteed contract was uh, a non-starter if that was what they would have to take on. So now, The Texans play the undefeated Eagles Thursday night after getting their butt whooped by the Titans on Sunday, and uh, now Cooks has missed two consecutive practices. Jonathan, what's the situation here, and what is is there to break down here as the Texans prepare against a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Cooks missed his second practice even after the the uh, NFL's deadline, uh, you know, Lovey Smith told us it was for personal reasons, but we know what it was. And obviously Brandon Cooks, um, you know, expressed some frustration on Twitter. Um, he seemed to indicate that, you know, lies were being told and, and, you know, he wasn't standing for that anymore. He felt like, you know, they put his career in jeopardy and, you know, I'd love to, you know, ask him a little bit more that about that, but obviously he felt disrespected in some type of way, and and the fact that he didn't come to the second practice says a lot. So it'll be interesting. You know, they have him as questionable. It'll be interesting to see if he'll play for sure on Thursday. But they need him. Um, you know, Nico Collins won't be there. They don't really have many proven options. So the Texans are in a dire situation where they have multiple guys who, you know, I well, well we don't know yet about Brandon Cooks, but you know, you also had Kamu uh, Hill who. Um, you know, ask for his release. So you have multiple people who have been upset um, with how things have been going in some form or fashion. Just in case you listeners hadn't seen that report either in our stories or on Twitter yourselves, the day before the trade deadline, Brandon Cooks tweeted, I played my part and never took it to heart. And then minutes after the deadline passed without being traded, Brandon Cooks tweeted, don't take a man's kindness for granted. Covered for the lies for too long. Those days are done cross the line with playing with my career. Now, I'm with you, Jonathan. I'd like to know a lot more about what's behind that tweet. Uh, Cooks hasn't been available 
for regular scheduled media sessions for two weeks now. Uh, last week when we brought that up with the coaching staff, they seemed to downplay that, that he was still going to be around for the team. And then obviously they tried to trade him at the deadline. So there was something amiss behind the scenes that need to be rectified. The lies specifically are what sticks out to a lot of people because he's been here since the Bill O'Brien era. He was traded for 20 days after the O'Brien Easterby era traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals. And uh, he was through that, saw the firing of O'Brien, was here through the Watson trade, was here for Culley's one year, was here through the Easterby transition, whatever, and, and then he was uh, let go um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, what that covers is questionable. But, I mean, if taking it at face value, last year Brandon Cooks was one of the few players that spoke to the media. Um, this was the pandemic era. We weren't allowed to be in the locker rooms. Uh, you would get a few players at the podium a couple a couple of times a week. And Cooks was one of those guys. And this was a year of turbulence, of another transition. And he would get up there and say things were okay, that they were moving towards a goal, and that whenever they would screw up, he would a, a call for team-wide accountability. So, I, I mean, just at the very least, uh, Jonathan, I think he's at least saying that he doesn't want to He's not going to go out there and give the company line anymore. I mean, if they're not if they're not going to play him the way he wants to be played, then he they're not holding up his side of the deal. And I want to ask you this because I mean, this being your first year on the beat too. I mean, how curious is it that a player can sign a two year extension worth thirty six million dollars of guaranteed money for two more years, and then within four months, your the team and the player are, are searching for trade partners. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting situation. I, w- I want to, you know, bring up, you know, Matt, a good point. You know, last year, you know, Brandon Cooks was available. You know, he said all the right things. He's been saying all the right things even this year. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a curious situation. I mean, I, you know, and and I, I, I wonder if that played a part in what Brandon Cooks said, right? I mean, when you sign somebody to an extension, you know, in the offseason, you're saying that you have faith in them and you're going to be a part of our um, – franchise for the foreseeable future and now you try to trade him and are understanding that a deal was you know that teams had offered uh for them and the texans were seriously considering it um so that fact you know that says the opposite that 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 tells me that contradicts you know what what had happened so you know, I just wonder if, if if that is what it was. You know, I'm not really sure, but um, it's an unusual situation that doesn't usually happen. But obviously the Texans, and, and maybe they thought they would have won more games at this point, but obviously the Texans are struggling and they continue to go down this hole as, as one of the worst teams in the NFL that could be headed for a top pick. And I, I'm sorry to clarify, but you're suggesting that the Texans might have been pushing for the trade more so? Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying they, they were pushing for the trade, but I, I'm saying they were engaging in it was a realistic option. It could have happened. And the fact that it could have happened could have, you know, it, if I was Brandon Cooks, would have rubbed me the wrong way if, if the team was, was trying to trade me unless I had won it out. And this isn't the best situation for Brandon Cooks, given it's a run-first offense. So, you know, I, I could understand that as well. But, you know, it, it, I mean, it is clear we don't know all the all the details uh, from Brandon Cooks' side. We would, you know, love to, you know, hear more about him. We, I was able to ask him about that Sunday, and he declined. And, you know, now he just wanted to kind of keep it out the media, and that's his decision. But... Yeah. From what we've reported and from what we've heard too, it seems like through through this, Cooks has been on. It seems at least at this point, even bringing up his own career, that he's been unhappy with the way 
that he's been a part of this team. And the thing is, though, I mean, to sign his his contract as it was before this season was going was due to expire, and to sign an extension to an agree to extension and yet another coaching transition where he'd be working with his third play caller in three years, that was all on the table whenever he was sitting to sign. So what changed between then and now? And I asked Lovey Smith that, and he did. He he cast it off as a hypothetical, which it's not. It's very real. Now that the trade deadline has passed, it's definitely very real. I mean, one of the things that I thought was interesting, I was digging up some numbers. It, it, Cooks hasn't been used less. Um, to not dive into the numbers of it, you can find it in our stories on HoustonChronicle.com. But on first and second down, and on third down, the percentage of the time the Texans are targeting him is basically the same from last year to this, through Tim Kelly to Pep Hamilton. It's just the productivity of his targets. Early downs, he's producing a little more yards, but it's the third down disparity that's striking. I mean, last year he was averaging 10 yards per target on third downs, and now it's half that at five. And that's and that's just overwhelmingly different. And I think that has a lot to do with how Davis Mills and the offense has been checking down and taking short passes throughout this season. I mean, you can look at another number. There's a kind of metric that's called average depth of target, which basically means how far is the receiver when the quarterback makes the throw. This year, Brandon Cook's average depth of target is 9.8. It's the second lowest of his career, the lowest since he was a rookie. They're not throwing, basically, they're not throwing the ball to him down the field. They're using him in the middle, short, and that's not Cook's game throughout his whole career. So, I mean, and you've and you've noted that, like through the story that you wrote about the playmakers that the Texans need, Cooks is a playmaker, and they're not using him this yeah. way. Yeah, and and that's true. And we've we've uh, you know fans are probably yelling right now, like because they because Davis Mills early in the season was throwing it to Rex Burkhead on third down so much, and, and you know it, it definitely seemed that way. But you know another thing I've noticed, you know when you when you think all about this, is Davis Mills really on third and long situations he doesn't really throw past the sticks very often. For whatever reason, I'm not really sure. But I, I think that that has contributed to it. I don't know if they've not run many plays past the stakes, but you've seen a lot. Of, like you said, you've seen a lot of checkdowns. Of course, Nico Collins has been in, has been a, um, a primary option on those situations as well. They've thrown it a little more to Jordan Akins um, as well in those situations. Uh, but I, I just think they haven't really looked to Brandon Cooks, and, and they ought to. I mean, he's still one of their best playmakers, and I just think I think my criticism really is is you can find creative ways to get Brandon Cooks the ball. You know, I, I know this was the topic earlier in the season, but I'd be interested to see how he looks and how he, how much he's been used in the slot. I know early in the year he's used a lot less in the slot, and that might be an effective way to get him the ball. And I think that's what the Texans ought to consider, using different ways to make it easier to find for Davis Mills to be able to get him the ball. Yeah, have I got a stat for you. None of y'all listeners can see the the, the little pencil pad I just brought up, but – uh, the, the slot to wide out positioning for Brandon Cooks this year to last year is basically the same. It's nominal difference. Last year, he was uh, 71% wide and uh, uh, 27% in the slot. And this year, he's 74% wide, 25% in the slot. I mean, Pep Hamilton's talked about that too whenever we've asked him on uh, weekly Thursday. We won't get him this week because of the Thursday night game, which would which is actually you know, disappointing given all the things about the offense that are now. 
But uh, I mean, he said earlier this year that like they're moving him around and doing as much as they can. I think it's really just about how they're using him when he's in those slots. Obviously, um, you know, Nico Collins has been a lo- uh, used a lot more this year. But I mean, the other part of it, and I remember Pep talking about this either last week or the week before, uh, teams are teams defenses are honing in on Brandon Cooks. But that's also up to the play caller to figure out how to free him. I mean, they they have definitely a more efficient run game this year behind Damian Pierce than last year. And I, and that was the whole thing Tim Kelly was talking about, was that whenever they could finally get the run game, then the passing game would open up. They've got the run game. Where's the passing game? And uh, whenever it's not there, where's where, where's where's the passing game? That's the other thing. It's like, if you're so bent over to one side of uh, the offense, whether it's run or pass, what are you going to do whenever it's taken away? Like the Titans. The Eagles also have a pretty good uh, run defense at times, although they've given it up the last couple of weeks. So we'll see if Pierce has some success on Thursday. We we, we can break down the numbers, all of this, but I mean, this team is a bad team right now. Uh, Jonathan and I want to bring this up for the future. He's under contract. Brandon Cooks is through 2024. If you're sitting there having a conversation with Cooks about bringing him back into the fold, in my opinion, that's what they have to do it would be just a disaster if they had to release him because then they take on dead money hits. And when they're trying to spend money on free agents in the off season, what do you have to say? Or like, what, what is there to, to show a player like that, that you can be used better in the future? They're going to have to sit down with him and, and figure out a plan that, that he could, you know, possibly agree on. I, I think it'll be impossible to, to, I just think it would it wouldn't be a smart move um, to all of a sudden decide to release him because we both know he's at eighteen million guaranteed um, next season. Now I, I don't know if if they could make some cap gymnastics to to fix that. You know, of course he'd have a huge dead money hit, and and you probably would be saving minimal dollars by releasing him. So. Um, you know, they're in, they're stuck in a situation and they have to figure out. They have to do everything they can. You know, that might have been the worst thing that happened to them really now, the fact that, you know, it got public, that they were, you know, near trading him and, and it didn't work out. So, you know, I thought, I thought Lovey tried to do his best to say that they like Brandon Cooks, but um, I don't know. I don't think he did did enough. Um, and, and obviously Brandon Cooks was bothered by it. So, you know, I'm I, I'm not sure. What do you what are your thoughts? What do you, how do you think they go from here? Well, you just brought up what they'd have to figure out on the, the, the gymnastics of the contract. There is one option that could possibly happen. You Think about last year when Odell Beckham was not happy with playing with the Browns. Um, he he had to walk away from money. He basically went and the, the Browns were like, well, we're not going to let you go with, I think the number might have been pretty 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 similar. It might have been about $15 million or so. Um, but he basically said, I'll, I'll waive however much money, whatever is comfortable with y'all to absorb to let me walk. And then he ended up joining the Rams and the Rams ended up winning the Super Bowl. Um, he was able to go to another team. If Cooks is in that similar situation, he could possibly walk away for some, that's an option is to say, I'll leave for less money than what you owe me. That can be negotiated. But that in itself doesn't make sense either way because why would you leave so much money on the table? One, unless you made so much already, it's no longer a factor for you. And Cooks having played so long in this league, maybe that's the case. And he wants to go and play for some for someone that's going to contend immediately. He's tired of waiting around for a team to finally get it together. And then the Texans, I just don't 
with all the money that's on the table for them next year. I just don't see them taking on 10, you know, 15 million, 12 million, 10 million. I mean, any of that number is money not spent on someone else that you can help out. So you're going to get John Mechie back in the offseason, uh, from what we can tell. He's, you know, been around more often from the team facility as is battling leukemia. And then you have all of this budget to go and add more pieces, whether it's uh, see, see if Davis Mills continues to play well, if they get a quarterback or not. Maybe it's a quarterback. Maybe it's another wide receiver. Maybe it's something else. You're looking at a backfield that is expanding, and Cooks can be a part of that. It's just going to take another year. He's going to be 30 years old. He's going to have two more years of guaranteed money. I just feel like that's a conversation that can be had, and um, it's just going to depend on who's coaching him. I mean, Pep Hamilton's offense needs to pick it up by the end of the year for them to feel like they can move forward with any of the additions they make. So I, I just don't know if that's part of this because, I mean, in training camp, Jonathan, we were talking to Brandon Cooks. He had invited a bunch of people to Lake Oswego out in Oregon, and he arrived, and I remember interviewing him, and he said, it's literally a joy to be here. And months later, he wants to be traded. Was that Pep? Is that the situation? Is that I don't know, anything? I mean, all that is unknown right now. I was looking at over the cab, but you know, in there, if they ever release him without him, um, which I wouldn't if I was him, without taking a um, you know a, a dip in his salary, you know they'd owe him that eighteen million dollars plus. You know when they re-signed him, they paid him the bonus money, so that would give him that would give them a twenty-six million dollar dead cap hit for next season and an eight million dollar dead cap hit for the 2024 season. See, like that's just this is not an option. Yeah. Like you can't do yeah, that. Absolutely not. Like, you can't do yeah, that. That's, that is wild. I mean, that's the thing. It's like they worked. That would be, that would make a waste in some ways of the last two years. Casario has had all of these one-year deal cheap players going through all this non-competitive football to get to the point where they can actually acquire players of worth mm. and value. Yeah. And to to take a hit like that would just be needless and irresponsible and kind of contradictory to the strategy they've had. Yeah. So that would make no sense. No, absolutely. This is this is bad. Yeah. This is this situation is <laughs> yeah. bad. Oh, it is it, it is uh, uh dang near uh dire right now. So they've got to figure out whatever way they can to mend that relationship and you know, it might be tough, but they gotta figure that thing out. I don't know. That's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. Uh well we've dedicated a lot of time to to that. Um, you know, the Eagles are coming into town on the same night that the Astros and the Phillies will be playing uh, game five of the World Series. So regardless of where your attention is, it's a Philly versus Houston type of game. Um, Jalen Hurts from Channel View here in Houston is leading an undefeated team. You, you brought this up and I want to I want to kind of uh, in one of your stories. Um, and we discussed this in our Q&A that we do on game days. What's remaining on this team through the rest of this season? Because uh, I think we've discussed this too a little bit about uh, what's what 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 else the team can do this year to be more competitive, to improve. Thursday night, obviously, there's a huge line against the Texans. They're severe underdogs. How can they improve? I picked them to lose forty-five to seven. I think it's going to be mm. you know downright bad. Without Nico Collins and Malik Collins, that's a that that makes this line even larger because those are absolutely. Big yeah, I, you know the the only thing I right I can see right now, unless they find a diamond in rough who a guy who's on practice squad who just so happens to play his butt off, the only thing they could really do is uh, hope 
you know, a lot of their teammates, uh, a lot of their players uh, get healthy. I mean, Nico Collins is a huge part, just like you mentioned. Malik Collins is a huge part. Tavier Thomas. Wait, is it Tavier or Tavier? Tavier. (laughs) That's become a thing. Lovey Smith always corrects us, so we got to make sure. He didn't know until he didn't know until. We kept we kept telling him. He would hear us ask a question, and then he called him Tavier, and then he he got corrected. Yeah. Yeah. Never never listen to us whenever we're just reading the names. So, Tavier and Jonathan Grenard, those are are four of their probably top 10 best players. Tavier might be around 10 or if you account his special team value as well, you know. But four of your top 10 players are missing and uh, you need those players. And Davis Mills has a lot of weaknesses that can be masked by, you know, the play of, of Nico Collins. But if they figure out a way to also get Brandon Cooks a little bit more going, if they get a little more help from... Uh, who who makes some big catches? Chris Moore at times, you know, every now and then, it, 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 if they can get him to make those occasional catches, I'm I'm speaking specifically about the Raiders game, and that's why I said every now and then. <laughs> I mean, here's here's the stat for me with with the Texans and their wide receiver depth, or really the lack thereof. When you have Brandon Cooks out possibly to uh, against the Eagles because he didn't practice either game, he might not play. You don't have Nico Collins because he's out with an injury. Chris Moore, which you brought up, has 10 catches for 128 yards. You know what other receiver has a catch? Philip Dorsett. He's got four for 66. That's it. No one else has a catch. So they're going in basically with no passing game. It is pretty bad. It is really bad. And honestly, Jordan Akins might be the third best pass catching threat who was on who got He's been their best one. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. So and Jordan Akins is a good dude. Shout out to him. But um, you know, when you when that's the case, like you know you have some issues. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I just think it's gonna be an ugly game. I I'm sticking to my score forty five to seven. Uh, the Eagles are just too good. I don't doubt it might be that big. I'm, I'm just that's way too big of a, a disparity for me. I think I put it more in the thirty to ten range, but it still sums up to the same headline of just badness. The thing is, last year we're we're talking about all the lack of weapons and depth and all of that. That was part of the thing last year, and part of the rationale for keeping David Kelly and keeping Tim Kelly because, like, you could see Tim Kelly rotating whatever packages he can to try and maximize the players he had, and he didn't have anything. And then you look at this year, and now they're trying to trying to make out of the wide receivers they have available against the Eagles. So what, are you going to go by the end of the year and then say, Pep, um, you know, sorry, you, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, and you're fired. So they're going to move on till they get actual players? I mean, the evaluation of that is just, I don't know how you make sense of it. You at least have Damian Pierce here who's getting the ball and has a lot of touches on first and second down. So is Cooks, did he not expect that it would be this one-sided throughout the year? I mean, if you looked at everything, maybe maybe throughout the offseason when uh, you thought maybe John Mechie might be available, they would have had a little bit more range. But the way that they've handled rookies, even, it would have been questionable, especially since he was coming off the ACL injury, whether he would have been a factor early on in the year. So... There's a lot of things that we're going to continue to break down the rest of the year. We can go on for another two hours, I think. But um, we got to wrap this up and uh, get to our other work. But uh, we appreciate all you guys listening, all you guys and gals. You can follow us on Twitter. He's My Twitter handle is uh, J-O-N-M Alexander. That's John M. Alexander. 
and mine's B Cabina, B-K-U-B-E-N-A. You can read us on HoustonChronicle.com and Texas Sports Nation. Thanks for reading, listening, and watching. Thanks a lot.